Welcome to TerryWilson3.com, home of TW3. Are you ready to take your money, business, and life to the next level? You are worth more, and you're about to hear how and why. So buckle up and listen up as we journey to the next level. Please welcome your guys to reach your goals, the TW3 family. Here's your host. Regan Wilson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the TW3 Podcast. You're listening to episode 542. My name is Regan. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking to Cliff Ravenscraft from cliffravenscraft.com. Cliff is a great friend and familiar guest here at TW3. Many of you who have listened to our show know that Cliff was actually the coach that helped Terry to take his health to the next level around two years ago. Uh, today, Terry and Cliff are talking about being free to dream. For many people, the idea of having a dream seems impossible and might even sound very presumptive and audacious in the current environment. However, you will hear in this conversation that now is the best time to not only have a dream, but develop clarity on what it is, a plan on starting, and immediate action to realize it. So I hope you enjoy. I just reread uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Just finished it last week. Or this week. Yeah. And? Oh, it, it's incredible. It was it was a great reminder. I, I had not completed the second half of the book the first time through, um, but I finished it from beginning to end in three days. Uh, it's only a four and a half hour audio book, but I was reading the Kindle while I was going through it. And you, you know this book. You've read this book before, haven't you? Man's Search for Meaning? Yes. Victor Frankl? Yes. yes. Yeah. But uh, just, the it's one thing to know that I've experienced some crises. I've had some trauma in my life. I've had some pain and suffering that most people don't know about that I've overcome and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, and for most of my adult life, I've lived an incredibly privileged life. I mean, incredibly, incredibly privileged life. And I definitely live a privileged life today. But I would argue as the mindset answer man, that I've created so much of that privilege in my life today. I, don't get me wrong, I, I've, I've built on the building blocks that life is sure. so graciously given me, but I've built some things on that and, it, and it's added and exponentially increased to the, the, um, the privilege. But it's, so I'm sitting here talking mindset stuff, having a positive attitude, and I'm talking about the fact that you can have experience peace love joy all of the time no matter what your outside circumstances and there have been a number of times where all of a sudden i i i i play the voice of the old version of me years ago who would listen to somebody like this is like oh dude but if you only it's great for you because you have this going on you've got this going on but you have never faced what i'm facing right and and i and i hear that voice and i i try to remember what it was like to be there. And so the reason why I enjoyed reading Viktor Frankl so much is because he's all about finding meaning and purpose and joy and peace in the midst of any circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And if you could do it through Auschwitz concentration camp, you could do it anywhere. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the secret to life is finding how to take whatever's in front of you and turning it into a net positive. How to extrapolate all the value, squeeze every meaning and every a lesson and uh, everything that you can get out of that situation that's in front of you and that has happened to you in the past. How, to, how does this benefit me? And frame it in a way that everything, and I like what you're doing, you're framing everything. Everything I touch 
is there for my benefit, but it's up mm. to me to find it. And I think the switch is most people, everything that's happened to them has victimized them and it has, it's, it's hurt them. It, it's, it's, it's just one more reason why they should not expect much out of life. So uh, even that language that, so if you, if you will, by the way, are we recording for the yeah, podcast yeah, already? We're, we're, awesome. We're, I love it. We're rolling. I, I, love, we're rolling. I love the fact that we're already in this. Yeah. All right. So, cause I'm like, okay, I would say certain things a certain way if, if I know that I'm just ch chatting with Terry here about this, but I want to, I want to speak about this. So even what you just said, it, it speaks to this thing of polarity of good and bad. Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, we it's it's one way of seeing everything for my benefit, or some people will see everything for you know as as a victim from the victim. You know, I'm a victim of this, and and again, that that just go it it plays into this idea that something is either good or something is bad, and or something is of benefit or of whatever the opposite of benefit is, and what I where I'm at today is that everything is for my experience mm. and i get to choose to appreciate and find the miracle and find the love and find the divine perfection in every experience or if i want to choose to find some sort of grievance and resistance to that experience. So what I mean by that is I've, I've come to this place where no matter what it is, name any circumstance, I believe that I am a divine spiritual being who came to this planet to have a human experience. Mm -hmm. That my creator brought me here and I am one with my creator in all eternity, but I came here for this experience called human life with all of the things that come with this idea and perception of duality, that I am separate from God and that I'm separate from Terry and I'm separate from everyone else and every other thing on this planet, which I believe is an illusion. I, I think that we are here, we are one, and we, but we come here for this divine drama. We come here for this play. We come here for this experience of life. And every experience is meant for our expansion and to give us the ability to create something that we desire to create next. I believe that we are created in the image of our creator. And in the image, in the likeness of our creator, we have the gift of creation. Like I said, I came into this world as Cliff Ravenscraft, born into a family that lives in the United States, and there were building blocks upon building blocks upon building blocks of what was done previously that I came into so much privilege. And, and I, I had some experiences, you know, that, that I, you know, my biological dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict from the time I was born until he, he died in, uh, in 2015. And I was in, put into some situations and some experiences. And for the longest time, I used to perceive those as negative things. And I was very angry and upset, upset at my, my dad, upset at God. Why, why would you allow this? How could you allow this? Um, scared, afraid, and just thinking that there's life is against me. And I, and I had those experiences. Mine are not as terrible as what some other people I know face. But um, 
I've had those experiences, but they're the same experiences today that as I'm approaching my 50th year around the sun, I now look at those same exact circumstances and I see them for the gift that they are to me as a human and as the benefit of my soul in its, in its appreciation for how I can be more at one with my creator and with all that is. I want to uh, find, uh, put a fine point on what do you mean by uh, there's no such thing as good or bad because it, you know, that just rubs against everything. Uh, yeah. I kind of tossed that one in there. Didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, that was before I knew we were going to put this in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I own it. I, I own, I own the phrase. Yeah. But all of creation is screaming a duality. There's up, there's down, there's yin, there's yang, there's male, there's female. Uh, there is a, if I put my hand on a stove, I'm either going to interpret that as, man, that was great, or man, that was awful. So, I mean, help me out. What do you mean by uh, that language? Well, uh, let's, let's take your hand on the stone. That was great or that was awful. Do you think that it's possible for you to have an experience where you put your hand on the stone and you, it's on, stove. The stove and say it, on the stove and say it's great? Yeah, I mean, I can imagine there is a uh, there's a situation where I could uh, a context in which that could be a benefit. But then I'm it's still duality. It's still saying yes, that's that's good. Okay. okay. Well, it it well, and and there's still a argument. choice. If there's not if there's not a binary uh, scenario, there's no choice. Wait. Okay. So it it does come to this question of it just is what it is. So it, 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 it's a hand on a stove. That's all it is. Sure, but I'm interpreting it through a binary. Yes. And, and that's, that's the question is, do we have to all, is it possible for us to stop interpreting things? That's the question. Is it, time for, is it possible for us to stop judging an experience as a positive or a negative? Is it possible for us to have an experience and observe it without labeling it it's just a question for right now sure is, sure is it possible i would say i'm sure but immediately my mind goes but to what end and to what benefit exactly and and the part of our mind that does that is our our material mind our brain our mm -hmm. our ego it's, it's the one that processes all the data from the five senses that we have and where where i get at when i say you know and i toss out little things like i you know is, is it is it possible that there's really no such thing as anything being good or evil the where i'm getting at and what i was hinting at and I know that you and I are close and we have lots of conversations like this at a deep level. And so I know, but, but now knowing that this is in here, what I will say is that I believe that we are more than our mind. Yes. I believe that we are more than our brain. I believe we are more than our thoughts. I believe that we are more than the voice in our head. I believe that we are more than our physical presence in this world. I believe that we are a divine spiritual being yeah. that happens to have a mind that likes to interpret, label things, and have experiences of duality 
so that we can have this experience of life, this adventure, if you will. Sure. Yeah, because I and I and I and what I've what I've found is that it is possible. I at least for me, and and I don't know you you can speak to your own experience, but there have been times, and it's not all the time, but there have been times that I can sit in my meditation. And when I think about the my thoughts that are normally like rushing rivers, all right, does that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like just a yeah, mile flow. a minute. It's like yep. it's like oh my gosh, I just like the end. Is, it's like oh my gosh, I'm thinking about this, and mm-hmm. then I'm thinking about this, and this means that, and this means this, and this means this, and oh my, I didn't get that done. It's like oh my gosh, and I got this going on. Should I put on a shirt or should, you know blah 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 whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the and and I can get caught into the rushing waters of all these things and what things mean and this is what I should do and this is what would be good and this is what would be bad and all of that is based upon the conditioned beliefs that I've picked up from the time I've been on this planet. But my experience has been that Christ came and Jesus says that a good shepherd will lead you beside still waters. Mm-hmm. And what I, for me, what I hear is Jesus is caught. He says, listen, I'll lead you. I I will still the waters of your mind. Mm -hmm. I will give you a crystal clear lake that is so, so at peace that it is a perfect reflection of what is above. There, there will be no duality. There, you will come and, and be one with me. Be in yoke or in union with me. I will still your mind, and I will help you understand that you are more, far more. You are one with the Father as I am one with the Father. Come be one with me. And that, that's where I'm going with all of that. that it, in, in, in that instance, I, in a time of meditation, in a time of prayer, in a time of contemplation, I can be free from the labels that I put on myself, the good, the bad. It's like, oh, I achieved all of these things and I'm so proud. Or I've failed at these things and did these stupid things and and I've made these mistakes and I feel so guilty or ashamed or what will people think about me if it gets found out or whatever the case may be. I can be free from all of that and realize that, wait a second, when it is all said and done from the perception of this world, Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a time prior to January 1973 that this Cliff Ravenscraft dude never existed. Mm-hmm. All right. And at some point within the next, I don't know, let's just say 150 years, mm-hmm. I may leave this planet. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I won't put a date on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's almost certain that I will, that this body will expire. And in the grand scheme of what we know from what we call time in the material world, which, however, it depends on who you are, how long you think that is, right? Right, right? But let's just say it's as short as tens of thousands of years or as much as hundreds of millions or billions. It yeah. doesn't matter to me. Even if it's as short as the shortest estimate ever, I'm nothing more than a sneeze in eternity. Right. This life. Right. And it means nothing. It's almost like the time when I scraped my finger and, and had an ouchie when I was three years old, which I'm not even thinking of a specific time because I can't remember. Okay, I just, I, I just had one. It is, by the way, it's been years since I've thought about it. And in my 50 years on this planet, I've probably only thought about this 
three times in my entire lifetime. This would be the third time, Terry. Well, I'm glad there I got was a, it out of you. <laughs> when I was a toddler, I was jumping on a brass bed that my mom and my dad owned. They told me I shouldn't jump on the bed, but this little monkey did. <laughs> and this little monkey cracked his noggin right here. Yeah. I, I believe there might even be a scar, but I will never forget blood gushing down my face, my mom and dad freaking out, rushing me to the hospital, and I literally was bawling my eyes out, freaked out, watching the eyes of the doctor put a sewing needle through my skull or whatever, <laughs> however you want And And let me tell you, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. But I, quite frankly, Terry, it, it's meaningless to me today. It, it, it's such a non-thing. I, I feel no pain associated to it. I, there's, there's no trauma associated to it. There's no, it's like, it's, it's like I learned I should probably be cautious when I'm jumping on a bed not to trip over the, the, the blanket. I, I learned right. to be a little bit more cautious. But back then it was a pretty traumatic event and it was for a couple of days and a couple of weeks and all this stuff and, and blah, blah, blah. But since then, you know, in the last 47 years, this is the third time I thought about it. It's not yeah. that big a deal. It's a, it's a, and so a no matter what, yeah. and so you, and this is why it goes back to man's search for meaning from Victor Frankl to listen to, to read him tell of his account after the event and for him to find the meaning and the purpose and the, if you want to label the benefits that come from having had that experience. And that's what I'm talking about. Was Auschwitz and Victor E. Frankel's experience, quote unquote, bad? Oh, it's up to, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. It, we have a choice, but there has to be a definite, uh, to me, binary. There has to be something to choose from. They're, they're for us to make sense to make of, to have meaning, of, yeah. to have meaning of the human experience. We we do have to have that. But I think that and where I'm getting at with this, where I'm trying to figure out where I'm getting at with this. So bear, bear with I me. Apologize I apologize for pushing back, but I want to know. No, no, I'm glad you did. I, yeah, yeah. I, I love this kind of thought exercise. It's very, you know, it's it's. Yeah. We don't often get around other people who who like to go into thought at this level. So I, I appreciate it. So for me, what I'm saying is that I think it's possible to make sense of life outside of life itself. Yes. And in my discipline, um, I, along with you, we are spirit beings and we can't put God in a box. We can't put the spirit of God in a box in our, in our relative way of understanding. And so there is that third rail, if you will that uh i think is where i is how i can grapple with that idea that yeah. i see things from a, a binary thing but there is this third option that it's it's a it's a it's his ways are higher than my ways his thoughts are higher than my thoughts so there there is something there that i've got to yield to and say maybe because he says who should i say sent me he says i am that i am yeah i'm not going to be put in a box you know i am and I think that is uh, where I hear you coming from is there are experiences that we've got to say, you know, I can't say this is bad. I can't say it's good. I can just say this is part of the meta narrative of the story that I'm being animated through and with by the spirit of God. 
Yeah, and I wish I could remember this story, and there's a couple different variations, but there's this one wise man who who had um, you know a, a situation where he broke his leg, and they said, oh, my gosh, that's so terrible. He goes, well, maybe. You know, and and then all of a sudden, as a result of breaking his leg, he didn't go to work that day, and there was this tragic thing that you know killed all of his car. It, it boy, it sure was lucky that you broke your leg. Maybe, Maybe. you know, and, and and I'm sure you've heard stories heard like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I I I should probably memorize one of them to be I an think incredibly that, well, powerful communicator. Yeah, because he then they said uh, his son stayed home. Or yep. something, and he didn't go to war because, well, maybe, and then because he didn't, yeah, it's just like it was constantly pro negative. And he goes, it, it is what it, just, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> There's an old TikTok. Have you, did, yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. It is what, what it, it is. It's well, one of my favorite sayings. That, that's what. That's all I'm getting at. It's I love like, it. I just want to. I just want to judge less because I am so drawn into because in that what you what you spoke about just a moment ago, Terry, is I think there is an addiction a human addiction to suffering. And and what I mean by that is there's a human addiction to judge and label everything. And and yeah, yeah, I I get it. I get it. And and, and when I'm watch when I'm t- tuning into social media, I am tempted to judge the opposite political side of the spectrum. Sure. I'm, ju- I'm tempted and it's like why why do I want to love that person unconditionally. I don't want to say that's them and this is me. They're wrong. I'm right. Why do I do this? Why am I addicted to this? And that's why I, I'm like, listen, I, I'm not right. They're not wrong or vice versa. We just are what we are. And why don't I just let it be what it is? And why don't I love? Why, why, why can't I just find a way without judgment, without labels, and just love? Well, we're very, uh, especially in, in the world I come from and, and very similar to yours, we want to categorize and homogenize and canonize everything. And, yeah. and, and there is a element of mystery that we just don't want to give way to. We just don't want to say, hey, there, this is a mystery. I, you know, I, for me, for the first, I don't know, 25, 30 years of my Christian uh, life, you know, ministering to people, I always felt like I was on the spot and compelled to give an answer. You know, that whole apologetics thing that you're supposed to be able to give a reason for your faith. And I, and I do believe that, but at some point, you know, there's things I can't, I can't explain. I don't, I don't understand it. And, and I don't think God wants me to put words in his mouth. If, if, if I don't understand 100%, then shut up. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, I don't know. I know there's a God. I know he loves me. I don't know why, but he does. He forgives. And uh, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, one day I, I'll know as I am known when I'm face to face. But until that yes. day. You know, it's a mystery. You know, Yes. Not everything has to be explained. No. No. <laughs> But we can choose to experience what is, and and that's what I that, that's what I love about life. There's yeah. there's pl- let's just say this: there's plenty to experience. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what makes it, it what makes it great, man. It's the spice of life. Well, uh, in Genesis thirty-seven, Joseph had a dream, uh, and his dream was of a destiny, and he shared it with some people, and it ticked them off, and he ended up in a bad spot because he shared his dream. 
in Daniel 2.6, Nebuchadnezzar was having dreams, and uh, he couldn't understand what those dreams were and needed outside help to unlock what those dreams were. In Joel, uh, there's a prophecy that says that young men will see visions, but old men, mature people will dream dreams. And then, of course, in Matthew, we know that Joseph um, found himself in a in a tight spot culturally because all of a sudden he's unmarried, his girlfriend is pregnant, and everybody's looking at him. And the only way he was able to interpret, uh, you know, his situation, it is what it is, that he don't have to accept all the condemnation and all of the onlookers of, you know, how dare you, is it came to him through a dream. And uh, I wanted to have you on the podcast today because uh, you have done something incredible. You've taken, uh, my understanding is you've taken your, um, your conference, Free, Free the Dream, Mm-hmm. And put it to where people can access it without, uh, if they missed it, like I did back in when was it 2019? You had that. I did it in 2018 20, and 2019. Yeah, yeah, and we we were scheduled for 2020, but something happened in 2020. Yeah, I can't I, remember I what that was. I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> <laughs> something vague. Some, it was some sort of experience. It is what it was. <laughs> it, 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 it was what it was. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about this this whole thing about free the dream. One or number one, is, are dreams incarcerated? Who incarcerated them, and uh, and uh, what can we do about it? And what are you offering people to to be able to uh, free their dreams? Well, dreams are incarcerated for a great number of people. They're they're locked up in a cage, and the key's been thrown away. Um, and it goes all the way back to the first quote from Genesis, where you talk about Joseph. I mean, his brothers pretty much imprisoned him because of his dreams. So there's this thing called tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, who do you think you are? I think that's think exactly such, what they said to him. <laughs> who do you think you are? You, you think you're so special, blah, 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 blah. We'll show you. We'll put you in your place where you should be. And we will put you in this, in a, in a way, in a cage. Yeah. And yet his dream was freed. And, and, and that's what I really want to help people is I, I, want, help, I want to help everybody understand the th- fact that we were put on this earth to create. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I don't, I don't necessarily require anyone else to believe that with, along with me. But if you are somebody who believes that there is a creator and you believe that you were created in an image or in the likeness of the creator and are endowed with the gift of creation, meaning that you could take a thought mm-hmm and turn it into its physical equivalent in this material world. You have that power. We all do. In fact, just walk down, just drive down a city street and look at buildings. Those were all thoughts in someone's head one day. Yeah. And I love Steve Jobs once said, you know, one day it just occurred to me as I was sitting in this office and I looked out this high rise and I saw these buildings and I guess I realized that everything out there it was all created by people who were no smarter than I am. Wow. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. And of course, uh, one of the things that I, when I, I've always been a Steve Jobs fan my entire life. And, and so when I, I've been into computers and stuff like that since, since he first came out with the first Apple. And so, um, I always watched his story of being CEO and I've, I heard people complain about his management style, his unrealistic, they called, when he would talk about the things he wanted to create and the things that he did create, 
Um, and he would, they would actually call this thing called the reality distortion, distortion field. field. Yeah. The re it's, it's like, well, what, what is reality? Anything anyway, other than what currently exists that other people had thoughts in their heads and turns into reality, right, right, you right. know? It's, and so, so he, he always had this idea of something new and he would have, he was one of the wealthiest people on the planet at the time. And he could afford to hire the greatest minds in engineering. But the problem that he ran into was the limiting beliefs of those engineers. They said, listen, I have this degree, this degree, this degree, and I'm telling you it is not possible with physics and law. It is absolutely impossible to create this thing that you just told me to create. And Steve Jobs says, you're fired. Only he was a little, a little bit more, more yeah. He was a little more animated. <laughs> um, and and so he says, anybody else think it's impossible? And then he record and he said, anybody who's not willing to work around the clock to make this happen can pack up your stuff and leave right now as well. And of course, today, billions of people on this planet have products that were one day impossible. So. If there's one mission, one thing that I have on my heart is why come to this planet to have the human experience when we are designed to be creators, to create along with our creator? Why would we allow ourselves to be deceived that dreaming is bad? He, God has throughout the entire Bible, I love the fact that you did all those scriptures and pulled pull all that in. Throughout the scriptures, God demonstrates that he gives his people dreams and visions. Yes. In fact, he says, without vision, the people will perish. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is I want to help people understand that dreaming dreams is, is, worth, is a worthy pursuit. It's okay to want it's okay to desire and you you ask the question are they imprisoned mm. for me they were terry i i grew up in a very fundamentalist uh christian background and it was one of the hellfire and brimstone kind of upbringings and a couple of things that were drawn driven into my head it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a, a guy who has lots of money to get into heaven yeah, then, then it was driven into my head about this guy who had so much extra abundance materially in his harvest that he decided to build bigger barns and take a little bit of a breather and take a vacation and kind of take it easy for a little bit. And then God smite him to this death. <laughs> How <right>? dare him? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, I, and, and it was driven into my head that that our heart is deceitfully wicked. Mm. And I'm not arguing. All of that stuff's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I would challenge how some of it's been interpreted, but go ahead. <laughs> that, well, that, that is exactly <laughs> true. That is, that's the key point, though. But, but when I heard all this stuff as a kid, I did not have the capacity yeah. to reason and think. And so those things came to me at a time when I trusted these authorities. I was taught to trust these, uh, these authorities, these, these people, especially the religious leaders. Uh, these people are the ones who, who hold all the truth. And, and as a kid, I adopted all of this, and I lived my life so much so that if I had something that I wanted, I felt guilty. Mm. Or if I, re if, I, if I had 
something of privilege and, and stuff like that. I was afraid of how I would be judged by others. There was a time when I remember I would have my, my mom and dad, my mom and my stepdad struggled really financially when I was a kid. And then um, things started to turn around in their life. And one year, after many years of getting almost nothing as a kid for Christmas, there was this one thing. It was a very, uh, it, it was one of those things that the kids would get as a Christmas gift that, you know, that your, your family's pretty well to do if you got that. And it was a big thick stretch for them at the time. But I remember feeling guilty for having received it and worrying whether or not I would lose friends because I had received said gift. So from the time I was a child with this belief and this mindset, my ability and capacity to dream was shrinking because of the lack of use of that capacity. And the dreams that I did have, I reigned in and I told very few people about. And over time, Terry, in my life, my dreams began to shrivel and die on the vine, falling to the ground. Mm. Mm. Now, let me ask you, has, has any of that resonated with you? Is, oh, or I, was it? Yeah, I mean, it's the story of Joseph. You, you have a dream, you feel like destiny is on your life, and then you make the carnal mistake of sharing it with the small-minded people that all of a sudden, and let me back up, I don't want to be disparaging, but religious-type people, people in the Pe family. People who have limited ways people. of seeing the world. Let's put it that way. And then all of a sudden, you have to adopt their limitations. And how dare you if you don't, and if you don't, you're going to end up uh, facing the wrath of whatever they can do in that scenario. For Joseph, it was being thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery. For me, it was like, who do you think you are? You're Joyce Wilson's boy from Ruth, North Carolina. Don't. And here's a saying. I don't know if this saying made it up to Kentucky, but down in Carolinas, we love this saying. A boy, uh, don't try to outgrow your raisin. <laughs> 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 that one didn't make it to Kentucky. Well, that's friend. a good old Carolina uh, cliche I can give you. To, uh, limiting belief. Uh, I think that stopped one. at the Mason-Dixon line or something. <laughs> See, us, us folks that drink sweet tea. <laughs> Boy, don't outgrow your raisin. I love it. Uh, and it was just. That, 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 that stopped at the place where Arby's still puts <laughs> Arby sauce on your sandwich without that's right. asking. That's right. That's right. Up here in Northern Kentucky, yeah. it's, it's, it's beef and cheddar is actually beef and cheddar. They don't put that red sauce on it. See, see you, you, you find folks don't understand. <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm, so, and I'm sure that a lot of other people resonate with this at different ends of the spectrum. Some of us are probably well beyond that and are starting to feel okay about dreaming big dreams. Some of us are probably just have no limits on our dreams and we're just going after anything and everything without any guilt or shame anymore. But there, there are still some people, Terry, and why I created the Free the Dream Conference was to help people to, number one, say it's okay to dream. Number two, it's what you were created for. Number three, um, let's teach you how to open up the cage and let it out and go out and be the fullest expression of who you are. Yes. There are, you are not limited other than what's in your mind. The only thing that is limiting you is the domestication of your belief system. Mm. Yes. 
So I want to read this. I, I, when I decided to create the Free the Dream conference, I went to my event organizers who I had hired to do all of the stuff. I'm like, I, I just want to show up and get on stage mm-hmm. and, and, and take pictures with my other speakers and, and hang out and engage with my community. Yeah, and, you were very so I, wise to do that. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just say I, I was $38,000 in the hole after my first year. Uh-huh. So I don't know who was the wise one. But uh, anyway, it. it it is what it is. It is what it is. But I tell you what, it was such an incredible event and the experience was amazing. And uh, here's what my event planner said. They said, you know what? This reminds me of a quote from this book called Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. Now, by the way, I st- I've quoted this so many times, like hundreds of times. To this day, I still have not read this book. <laughs> All right. But I'm going to read you this quote. <laughs> Are love you ready? It. I love it. This is what he said. He says, see this is my opinion we all start out knowing magic we are born with whirlwinds forest fires and comets inside of us we are born able to able to sing to the birds and read the clouds and see our destiny in grains of sand but then we got the magic educated right out of our souls. We got it churched out, spanked out, washed out, and combed out. We got put on the straight and narrow and told to be responsible, told to act our age, told to grow up for God's sake. In some cases, we were told to grow up for God's sake, as if he needed it. By the way, that's a paraphrase that Robert McCammon didn't add that one. <laughs> that's All a right, Back crap. to Robert. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see here. And you know why we were told that, he said? Because the people doing the telling were afraid of our wildness and youth. And because the magic we knew made them ashamed and sad of what they'd allowed to wither in themselves Mm. that is why i created free the dream and and it resonates with my story because i was newly married in 1996 my mom and dad asked me to come work with them in the family business in insurance it was an insurance agency started by my grandfather in 1937 at the time i was working as a customer service representative with Staples Call Center. So if you had a catalog order and you were missing a pack of Staples, I'm the guy who would <laughs> you were help talking to get that. <laughs> exactly. You would talk to me and I would even send you an, a box of paper clips just for your troubles. Do you ever send that button out? That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. That actually came out right after I was working there. Good. So, but yeah, that was me. I was the state, and, and I had a bunch of other jobs, you know, just, but all minimum wage kind of stuff. And here I am, a young, newly married guy yeah. and getting ready. You know, my, my wife wanted to have children. And so my mom and dad's like, okay, it, it's time to get serious. Do you want to come work in the family business? I'm like, no. what if and then they enticed me with computers they're like listen we we want to go digital in our system we want to we want to buy these computer systems windows 95 figure out how to network them install the software and go and i'm like okay now you're speaking my language sign me up where you know take my money whatever i'm in 
And so I, I got in, it took me about six months, Terry. And before I know it, now everything's all digital and I'm the most over glorified file clerk on the planet. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to get rid of all this paper, but here I am filing, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. Woo, I'm having so much fun. Yeah. Except for the fact that I was doing quotes for my dad and how the insurance industry ran is that he was not allowed to share commissions with me. Yeah. So I did all the quoting. My dad did the phone call, had the people come in and sign. I did all the hard work. He I did, did all the research. I did everything. <laughs> it was just and, his signature. And, <laughs> and it was his signature. And so, so he says, if you went and got your license, you could, I could give you a commission. And so I went and got my property casualty. So I sold auto home uh, insurance, business insurance, motorcycle boat insurance, all the stuff. And then I later I got my life and health insurance license, sold life and health insurance as well. And before I knew it, over the course of 10 years, Terry, I became one of the so most successful, like literally one of the most successful insurance agents in the United States. So in one year, just ter selling term life insurance, I sold enough term life insurance in one year to be in the top 10 out of 14,000 agents with Grange Life Insurance. And I was in the top 50 out of 48,000 agents with auto owners life insurance in the same year. Yeah. All of that, by the way, being in those top 10 and top 50, that was all based on premium. And all of my competitors sold permanent life insurance. I sold zero permanent life insurance. Instead, I spent all of my time selling term and educating people on investing the difference and getting out of debt. The old A.O. Williams. Yep. yep. So, yeah. so I was incredibly successful after more than a decade working in this insurance agency. And then I discovered podcasting as a hobby. And I'd always had a dream of doing ministry full-time. In fact, when my mom and dad... Uh, hired me. I said, I'll come work for the family business. I'll come set up your computers, there, but you have to make, uh, you have to make two promises to me. Number one, you'll never require me or expect me to get my insurance license because I have no desire to be in this long term. That was what I thought at the time. And then the second one is if I'm ever offered an opportunity to become a pastor of my own church, no matter how much less money I might make at the time, you have to give me your full blessing to leave and go do that because that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be of service to others. Right. Well, long story short, ever over time, I realized that I was doing an incredibly powerful ministry in my local community and I was well paid for it. And I'm, and I'm not just saying it was about the money. It was just literally the, the church that I was part of had about 200 members and I'm reaching 10,000 plus people in my community as an insurance agent. I was the first person many of those people would call when their house was on fire or after a tornado or a flood or somebody's daughter that just got killed in a car accident. I was, on the, I was one of the first people in the line of being support and encouragement to those humans. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like that was, that was meaningful to me until I started podcasting as a hobby with my wife. And my wife and I started podcasting about this TV show, Lost. We were just playing around. And it was early days, 2005. And we had over 27,000 people subscribed to our third episode I can't help around but, the world. I can't help but think of this turn of phrase, Cliff got found by podcasting about Lost. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, our our sign-off was, until next time, get lost. Get lost. <laughs> Anyway, so we're, we're podcasting, and this podcast television show 
or this television show Lost was all good cowboys have daddy issues. I've alluded to the fact that I had mm -hmm. some daddy issues. Um, there was Tabula Rasa starting over with a clean slate. There was um, part. There was um, an episode called the Twenty Third Psalm where they actually misquoted the Twenty Third Psalm by reversing two verses. And as a pastor at the time, I was I was an associate pastor. I was able to talk about well, this is what it actually Gave says. You the this is how. Point. It, yeah. Ah, oh, dude, it's, and people were eating this up, and all of a sudden, I went from okay, I went from this mindset that I want to be of service as a, a pastor of a church, and at the time, I'm I was in the Nazarene church at that point, and that was a that would have been about two hundred to four hundred people. You know, eight hundred people would have been a mega church in the Nazarene church here. Yeah, yeah. And so um, then I'm I'm serving over 10,000, 15,000 people in our community as an insurance agent. But within six months of podcasting, I'm reaching hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Yeah. And none of it had to do with sending them proof of insurance cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was all stuff I loved. And I began to have a dream. By the way, this by the time this this dream happened for me, Terry, it was 2000, late 2006, early 2007, and I'm in the financial industries. You know, uh, I, I wasn't selling securities or anything like that, but I was in the industry where people knew what was going on with, with the financial world. Mm -hmm. And everything indicated that there was a major global financial uh, uh, collapse happening in 2008. It was, it was predicted. People were already losing their jobs left and right. And here's Cliff Ravenscraft, this guy who got married, he's a college dropout, has no degree, mom and dad gave him a job, he sits there in his comfy office playing with computers, and then he sells this, and he's got all of this money, and, and he wouldn't be so successful and so great as an insurance agent if it wasn't just handed to him on a silver platter by mommy and daddy, blah, blah, blah. He'd probably never be able to make it in the real world. This is, by the way, this is not only stuff that was going through my head, but this is like other people say these sure. kind of things, right? Sure. And because they're jealous of the fact that I had such privilege, right? right? It's like, and then I had the gall to have a dream of leaving. To have more? To, <laughs> to have something than more? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Now, by the way, I didn't even let people know that I had this dream for months. Yeah. All I did was I wallowed in guilt and shame for even thinking the thoughts. Yeah. I, I'm like, this, you talk about, I was, I, it was felt irresponsible to even think it. But I couldn't get it out of my head. So I had this dream. Eventually, I started talking to my wife about it. And then once I started talking to my wife about it, I started talking about it in my podcast. And all of a sudden, all these people who are listening to say, hey, Cliff, let me just get on a call with you. Let me tell you about 15 different ways you can make money in doing your own business. And I'm like, and every time they would get, I would get on these calls and they would tell me all these things I could do. And I'd never thought about some of these things. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, but you don't understand. That's you, and this is why it would never work for me, and blah, 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 blah. But I would still come home and tell Stephanie. Every single time somebody told me all of these things about this is what you're gifted to do. This is, dude, this is the fullest expression of who you are. You come alive when you're behind that microphone. This is, you definitely could make this. There's no way that it won't work, and all this, all that stuff I'd come home and tell Stephanie, but it still doesn't get that rid of all of that conditioned sure. voice in my head about how bad of a dream this is how how irresponsible this is you know it he, 
I'm a husband of a stay-at-home mom and three young kids, and we're headed towards this economic situation, and I have the most, there is no way on this planet I'm ever getting fired from my job. <laughs> and I'm getting paid so much money. We have been working on becoming debt-free for like more than five years, and we just became 100% debt-free minus our mortgage in February 2007. Who do I think I am? And to so this ask was for more <laughs> to ask for more. And so, but I could, I couldn't stop. And so one day I, it, I, I begin getting this thing. I've never read this book or, uh, but I can't remember who talked about it, but back in the early, back in those days, there was this one guy going around at these, uh, conferences, these Christian conferences. And it was this thing called holy or divine discontent. Are you familiar yeah, with that phrase? Yeah, yeah I am. And so that's what happened. I began to have what I can, what I now look back and clearly see as divine discontent. God mm. did not want me satisfied in the insurance job. Right. I, I really believe he caused me to experience discomfort in that job. Sure. And so what happened was because he wanted me to he wanted me to get out. It's like, listen, I opened the cage. And, and, you know, and, and, and I, I've been nurturing you through this process. It's time for you to spread your wings and fly. I created you for this. Go out and be free and do this thing that you, were, that you came here to do. Go and do it unhindered. I will be the wind beneath your wings. You know, I will, let's do this together. And, I, and I'm stuck inside of my cage. Nope, nope, nope. And one day I had this incredibly terrible experience at the office and I came home and I was in the worst mood and my wife says to me this is September 2007 she goes that's it tomorrow you're putting in your notice you're quitting this you and I both know that you're meant to go do this this is where your heart is you're already making this much money I don't care if I have to go get a job for a while I don't care if we have to sell our house and rent somewhere or whatever we'll do whatever it takes you're going in tomorrow you're quitting your job and you're doing this and that's how my dream got set free a decision a decision yeah and and so and of course, I've been setting dream after dream and after dream of f free ever since then. And I, through the process, I've studied, learned, and, and understand now what the process is about, number one, re rediscovering the ability to dream, the ability to dream big dreams. And I've learned uh, what holds everyone back from achieving what it is that they are dreaming of achieving. And I've learned step-by-step -step processes on how to turn any thought in your mind into its physical equivalent. And that's why I created Free to Dream Conference. Love it. Love it. Guys, you've been listening to Cliff Ravenscraft at cliffravenscraft.com. He has uh, taken his conference, Free the Dream, and made it accessible for you to grab. Cliff, how can uh, people get uh, connected with you and get that? Yeah, so here's the Free the Dream Conference is as simple as this. Um, go to freethedreamcourse.com, freethedreamcourse.com, and go ahead and buy it today. What you're going to get when you get in there, you're going to get eight different modules, and it's a total of six hours worth of content, but that's not what's important. 
What's important, however, is that you're going to learn what a belief is, and it may be different than what you imagine. I was 47 years old, I think, the first time I really discovered with a belief, what a belief is. And I'll just quickly tell you, it's nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, a belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. And a majority of the beliefs you have are not true. Right. Anyway, so you'll learn what a belief is. You'll learn how every belief has consequences. You'll see that demonstrated in some stories that I will tell you, and they will all resonate with you even more deeply than what anything I've shared here today. You will discover how to break free, a four-step formula for how to break free from any limiting belief that you may have. You will discover why it is that you think and feel the way that you do and how to be in control of your emotional state so that you can be in control of what you're thinking and feeling, which will put you in control of the actions that you take. You'll have a step-by-step process of how to discover what are the top 50 things you most want in life that you don't currently have. You'll distill that down to your top 10 dreams. And then by the end of a single session in this course, you will know what your top three goals are. If you watch the first five videos in this course and then download the PDF workbook for this course, there in session six, it's a one hour video. There are 34 questions. If you will take the number one goal, or by the way, you could do this over and over again for any goal. If you will take any goal, but just one, and write down all 34 answers to all 34 questions, I promise you this, you will achieve whatever it is you want in life. Nice. That is what you will get with Free the Dream course. Uh, we The conference itself, the standard ticket was $9.99. The VIP ticket was $19.99. A majority of everyone who came to Free the Dream Conference bought the VIP ticket, and the craziest things on this planet have happened in people's lives. There are people who, there's this one guy who was a pastor, or he's still a pastor, by the way, but he had a dream that maybe five, 10 years down the road, he might be able to build a little bit of a coaching income where he could coach other pastors. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Within six months of leaving the conference, he had already booked himself solid. There was a guy who was, let's just say, about 200 pounds overweight. He lost 150 pounds between Free the Dream 2018 and 2019. 150 pounds in one year year. I know how hard that is, so <laughs> you don't have to tell me. There there were there was one wife who came to this event and she was she said she used the language she was drugged there by her husband. <laughs> and 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 she revealed to my wife that they were going to have that she was going to ask for a divorce by the end of the weekend if things didn't show any signs of light at the end of the tunnel. She came to my wife after my wife's talk and said, oh my gosh, I had no idea that it was okay to have dreams of my own. I've, I've spent my entire life supporting the dreams of my children and my husband that I never thought to have my own dream. Today, she has a successful business that she owns herself and even made it through the pandemic as a local brick and mortar business. Wow. Nice. So, and I could tell you story after story after story after story. Check it out, freethedreamcourse.com. 
it is a, the, the only thing that I ask is that, listen, I don't want you to buy this course at all if you're not going to take it seriously. Uh, it, I think right now, as we're recording this, the price could go up at some point, but it's currently $497. But I don't want you to buy this course unless you're going to be absolutely 100% committed to taking this course. And what I mean by taking this course, I would recommend that you design an entire day or preferably a weekend or two different weekends, uh, whatever it takes for you to get through six hours of material, because that's all it is, is six hours of your life. But if you're not going to take this course, I'd prefer you not give me your money. But if you take this course, immerse yourself into the study of this material. Go all in. Download the workbook. Watch the, just read the notes that I created for you as you're going through. And then there's only two exercises. There's the 50 things I want, which turns into the 10 top 10 dreams and your top three goals. And then session six, there's 34 questions about your number one goal or whatever it is you want to create in this world. Do those things. Six hours invested in what you want to create in this world. And then watch the miracles happen. Ah, love it. Guys, I can't uh, recommend Cliff stuff enough. Uh, I've said it many times without you on the show, but I'll say it with you on the show. Uh, everybody can see a physical change in me, and that happened through coaching with Cliff. And so uh, uh, he stands, I, I can tell you what he says and, 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 and does is of, of immense value. And uh, my family has been benefactors of uh, all this incredible, incredible uh, training and coaching and uh, wisdom that you're able to share. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about Joseph today and then I brought up Daniel. One of the reasons why I think people need to be able to walk in their full destiny, their full potential, be able to to achieve that higher pinnacle uh, that God has called them to is because it's not just for it is, but it's not just for your benefit. You can become like Daniel because once you start being able to walk in your destiny, you can start like Cliff is doing, going around and unlocking the cages for other people and being a benefactor to your community, your church, your colleagues, the, the people that you come in contact with every day uh, because you had Nebuchadnezzar there that his, his whole and wasn't even on the same belief system as Daniel on the opposite team as Daniel. But because Daniel was a man of destiny, because Daniel was a person that uh, was able to walk out his dreams, he was able to take the keys of that uh, situation and go in and lock for other people like Cliff is doing. So it's immensely valuable. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate that. And, and I, that is my heart. Is My heart is for you to break out of the cage. If you feel there's a ceiling on your income, if there's a, is, if there's a work, a business that you're looking to create in this world... If, if there's a vacation that you feel called to go on with your family, uh, if there's a, a remodeling project that you want to do in the house to, to bless your wife, uh, whatever that dream is, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it just make, make movement towards one dream. It doesn't matter how big or how small, but once you get that dream thought to creation mechanism working again, you'll fully tap into your fullest potential as a creator as you were designed to be on this planet. I, I believe it. I live it. And uh, I'm glad you're out there doing it, Cliff. All right. We'll be back right after this. Take it away, Reagan. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, we'll see you back here next week at terrywilson3.com. Thank you for listening to our show today. If you have any questions or would like to speak with us about your goals, then please call or text us at 864-507-9696. Reach out to us online at terrywilson3.com. 